are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Thursday, everyone, and thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I heard your complaints. I heard your discouragement, and that means that we have Jason Shear on today to be able to give you all the latest input. Jason, how you doing there, buddy? Long time no talk. Doing well. Thanks for having me. All right, Jason. So we've had a, since we've last talked, there's been quite a bit that's gone on. First and foremost, you've got Pell Larson, who is committed from the University of Utah, will be eligible this next year. And I got to be honest with you, when I saw his stats, when I watched him play, I figured, okay, spot up shooter, cool, can never have enough of those. But when you watch him, he's got a lot more to it, especially off the bounce. Yeah, he's he's legitimately good. I think oftentimes you see a kid and you, you know, he averaged what, like eight points a game and you're like, oh, he's all right. But when you watch his film and what he could do before even joining Utah, uh, you realize that there's there's quite a bit of potential there. Uh, and it's pretty obvious why Arizona took him and, and how well he fits in the system. And the great thing about him, too, is that he's got four or five years to be able to he's got four or five years to be able to stick around too. So or excuse me, four years. So he'll be able to make some I mean, make some improvements and get really familiar with the system. Yeah, I mean, he, he's he's going to play right away, but he's a guy where because of the rules and all that, he has four years at Arizona and uh, he's the type of guy where. It wouldn't be a surprise if he stayed all four years, and I think we're going to see this a little bit in the sense where he's he's a good college player, but he may not be like an outstanding NBA type of guy who's just dying to get out of college. And so he's going to be on Arizona for a few years, and he's going to develop in this system, and um, it's going to reach the point where he's probably one of the better players in the conference here in a couple of years. Okay, now you've got another commitment then from a kid uh, coming over from Europe who I think is a little bit more of a project. Who is he and what can he do for Arizona? Yeah, Adema Ball is a guy where he's he's not bad at all, but he's probably not ready to play right away. A big kid, 6'6", 6'11", wingspan. Uh, actually played the point for his French team. I don't think he's a point guard, though. Probably more of a 2-3 combo. Um, he, he's very likely going to a red shirt. Um, has some stuff, some some academic hurdles he needs to clear because he's an international guy. And plus, in terms of development, um, Tommy Lloyd handles those things differently. Like I, I said before, the red shirt is dead. Um, but at places like Gonzaga, it hasn't been. And, and clearly, that's what he's bringing here. But um, he's a guy where you're not necessarily going to get the payoff right away. But in a, in a few years, they like where he's going to be, and, and they think he's going to be a contributor. And I'm a believer, too, Jason, that I'm totally fine taking a project here or there because, uh, again, not everybody gets to play immediately. As long as they are comfortable and they know that, you know what, you're probably not going to play a ton immediately, and that seems to be the case with this kid. Yeah, and, you know, basically like the last coaching staff would say it, too, is you're not feeling – 13 scholarships with guys that want to play right away and need to play right away because they're not, it's just not going to happen. And so for him to be okay with coming in and, and red shirting, I'm assuming they were upfront about it. It's a good thing because you're not going to get that bad attitude where, okay, I'm not playing a couple minutes, a game or whatever. I'm entering the transfer portal ASAP. This kid's not going to do it unless he's just super uncomfortable in Tucson or at the school. He's not going to do it because there's no lies about, what his role is going to be. They've been up front with them. And so 
it, there's nothing wrong with development. And when you, you know, talk to Arizona fans, that's something that they want to see more of because, you know, you want kind of the, not necessarily the one and dones to, to not go to Arizona, but uh, I mean, like, look at this year, for instance, they're, they're placed like eight guys or something like that. And those days need to kind of move on, I guess I should say. Okay. Now you look around then and you've got a, You've got a you've got a plethora of scholarship spots still open, and I think the one thing that a lot of people are worried about is the point guard spot because right now you got Kerr, and then you got a lot of you don't really have anything else. And let's be honest here, Kerr's kind of untested, so you got to believe that Tommy Lloyd has something up his sleeve or something because I think it's hard to go into next season with Tommy Lloyd as your only scholar, or excuse me, as with Kerr Creasa as your only scholarship player at the, at that position. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting because I I don't disagree with you, but I think that there's ways where they would feel comfortable with him at the point. And something that, and I, I again, this isn't me, this is the coaching staff, I don't necessarily agree with it, but you could technically see a situation where they're not happy with the point guards in the transfer market and they go ahead, keep Kirk Chrysler, they run Pell Larson there, five minutes a game and they even run Dale and Terry a little bit at the point and kind of go in that direction or they go, they add a true point guard. Um, it, they have, they have a decision to make because what they could do is run Dalen and Pell at the one a little bit and add another true wing, or they could say, look, we need a, another combo guard, but Tommy Lloyd is very picky with his scholarships. I mean, he really only offers a couple of guys at each position um, you know, you notice when guys enter the portal, it's not, oh, Arizona reached out to them right away. Um, that's not what, what he does. And so Ty Ty Washington's probably going to go to Kentucky. And once that happens, I think they sit down and kind of figure out what's in the portal. And they may wait because even now, in you know, on May 12th, 13th, whatever, it, it's guys are entering the portal every day. And so they may say, hey, look, you know, we didn't get our point guard target. We're still looking for a point guard. And magically, a kid enters the portal, and they go and they land him. And I think something that really is kind of underrated in this entire uh, uh, process is you can almost recruit in the transfer portal now without having to actually recruit. If I'm Tommy Lloyd and I've got a team that's a top 25 team, these kids are smart. I don't need to tell you, oh, hey, by the way, you might want to come here because I got minutes for you at the point guard spot. These kids and their handlers are smart enough to already know that, Jason. Yeah, and it, it's like whenever you see a guy enter the portal and he's got a new school 24 hours later, I don't want to accuse the school of tampering, even though we kind of know that's what's going on, but it, these kids know. Like, you know, it's Omar Balo, for instance. Let's just take a look at him. He knew he was going to Arizona as soon as he entered the portal. And that's not because Arizona tampered. That's because he knew the coaching staff and he knew the playing time available. And Arizona loses out on Ty Ty Washington. And let's say you're a – mid-major guard getting 30 minutes a game and you can look at Arizona and know that there's 20, 25 minutes a game, you're going to go to Arizona. That's just the way it is. And, uh, you know, you take a look at Severe Wheeler in Georgia. He's winding up at Kentucky. He probably didn't know he was going to Kentucky when he entered the portal, but he knew there'd be playing time available. And I think that's what's going to happen with Arizona is you're going to see guys pop up and they're going to be point guards and you're going to look at them and go, okay, yeah, that, that kid actually makes a little sense. And then before you know it, uh, Arizona's magically contacting the kid because that's just how this usually works. Okay, now you look at the makeup of this team right now, Jason, and this is a squad that I think 
has the makings, if you're able to round it out nicely, as being a top 25 type team. Now, I know on your message board, some people are saying NIT. I don't see that at all. To me, this is a team that you're basically one lead ball handler away from being a top 25 team and probably the third best team in the conference, at least on paper. Yeah, I mean, I know there's people saying NIT. That's a bad season, in my opinion, because they returned the core of the team, and that was important, where at the end of the day, they lost to Kinjo, who was clearly you know, the, the biggest loss, but the other guys were like, you know, whatever. And so they, they lost some guys. They brought in some quality. They're going to go out another ball handler. And the biggest question is probably how well they adapt to Tommy Lloyd's system and how quick that happens. Um, but in terms of pure talent, this is one of the better teams in the conference and a team that should absolutely make the tournament. And Tommy Lloyd said it. He was on John Rothstein's podcast the other day, and he said, we're a tournament team as far as I'm concerned. And I like that he's not running from it. This team, I don't want to say has to make the tournament. It's only his first year. But you look on paper, it is 100% a tournament team. It was going to make the tournament under Sean Miller and all that. And so you look at Tommy Lloyd and this team and you say, okay, they kind of have to make the NCAA tournament to meet expectations. Okay. Now, the one thing about these guys, though, is that you can tell that they're pretty strong, and a lot of that is probably because of the built bar that they've consumed, or if they haven't, they should be consuming that built bar. And as Jason Shear can attest to and I can attest to, that is some really good stuff right there. Now, you had a breakdown on Wildcat Authority about the uh, – the current status of the big man position here at the U of A. And let's start then with what the centers look like. You've got Christian Coloco, who's obviously looks like he's coming back. We're not sure exactly what he's going to be able to contribute, but you've also got Tabellis, you've got Ballo, you've hopefully got Arthur Kaluma. Let's talk a little bit first about the guys like Arthur Kaluma and possibly Jordan Brown. Is the door totally shut on Brown coming back? And where does Arizona stand with Kaluma? Yeah, so Jordan Brown, I don't want to say the door is completely shut, but it does look like he's going to St. Mary's. Uh, Tennessee and Texas have started to, to show attention. I, I think Jordan Brown was a little silly to enter the portal, to be honest. I, I had people tell me that he was ecstatic about the offense. Um, Arizona was caught off guard by that one. I mean, they were running him on like a guard almost, like like had the ball in his hands telling him to make plays and stuff, and then the next day he's transferring, and it was a weird decision. Um, you know, if Arizona goes and gets Arthur Kaluma, uh, it makes sense that Brown doesn't come back. But it was to me, it was kind of a, a weird decision. They're, they're all in on Kaluma right now. I think he's going to decide here in the next 72 hours, or at least he's supposed to. It's between Arizona and Creighton. But what happens is if they land him, all of a sudden they have versatility because they could start Christian Coloco at center, which would make sense, or they could go the route where they start Kaluma at the four and Tubelis at the five, which personally I think is the best lineup. Um, they could go and do that, have some versatility, have some guys that could play in multiple positions. If they land Kaluma, it gives them a lot more options and versatility than they would have had without him. Um, that's not to say they don't add another four if they miss out on Kaluma, but he's a guy where I think he changes the, the whole dynamic of the team because it gives them some freedom up front. Yeah, and that, that's kind of what surprised me a little bit when I'm looking at it is that Jordan Brown – while maybe not a great fit, Jordan Brown, while maybe not a great fit for 
what uh, you know, what maybe what Sean Miller was trying to do. He's a little bit more skilled. He's a little bit more free and agile, and he's the kind of player that I think would actually fit in well to kind of piggyback on what you were saying right there. And it's too bad that that door's shut because you know I'm not the biggest fan of him, but I think he would have fit in well. Yeah, and if I'm like the people around him, he'd be nuts to go to Texas under Chris Beard. Like that would just be an awful fit for him, especially defensively with what Beard demands. Tennessee, I guess I could see. St. Mary's makes sense. It's hard to argue um, him going to St. Mary's. I, I think that level makes sense, the ability for him to have the ball in his hands. But still, I mean, it, it's it's weird because he was enjoying drills. Like, it, it was not a secret what they had him doing, and they wanted him to stay. They didn't run him off at all. He was the guy they legitimately wanted to come back. And um, he may have been the only guy that they really wanted to come back and didn't, except for, you know, maybe a Kinjo. But even then, uh, I would say Jordan Brown's probably the only guy they really wanted back and didn't come back. So kind of a strange decision. Uh, curious to see where it winds up and curious to see if they miss out on uh, on Kaluma. Do they put a full court press on, on Jordan Brown coming back? Okay, now you've got a guy and, uh, on the wing in Dalen Terry that you mentioned. You always hear the term that the biggest uh, advancement is made for a player generally between his freshman and sophomore year. Terry looked a little out of his realm this past year, but I'll tell you one thing, Jason, with the way that Tommy Lloyd allows his guys to play and a year of progression, maturity, I think Dalen Terry is going to be somebody that's going to be able to really maybe take that next step and not be an all-conference guy, but somebody that also lets you remember why they were so highly ranked out of high school. You and me both know that Dalen Terry is a much better player than what we saw last season. And he's just like, we, we both like him quite a bit coming out of high school. And um, sometimes as a freshman, you just, you know, there's some, some stuff that happens and, and I don't think he was strong enough. And the biggest thing is I don't think he was confident enough. Like there'd be times where he was open for a jumper and he would hesitate and it would turn into a turnover or a bad play. And I'm assuming Tommy Lloyd's going to get rid of that and, and, or at least work to get him more confidence, try to get him the freedom. And, to me, when you look at this roster, he's a guy where I could absolutely see him making a major, major jump. He's going to get stronger. He's going to be more comfortable. He's going to have the ball more in his hands and allow to make plays. I mean, I'm not pulling the he might play some minutes at point guard. I'm not making that up. It is a legit discussion that has been going on just based off how well he practiced uh, the two weeks or so that Tommy Lloyd was able to work with him. And so you take a look at that and um, you know, I think most guys, you make that jump, like you said, from freshman to sophomore year. But he's a guy where I would be really surprised if we didn't see a major jump forward. All right, Jason. Now, if somebody wanted to make some bet money on this, they could probably go to betonline.ag. But this does have the feelings of a roster that could round out to be pretty nice. Now, your one concern, and I wanted to kind of end with this, is that this team... Right now, Tommy Lloyd might not be recruiting enough guys to fill positions. What do you mean by that? Yeah, I just think that, it, it, to me, there's levels of recruiting. And, and his plan, he, he probably knows better than me, but when you are at Arizona, like we saw it with Ty Ty Washington, you're competing against the Kentuckys, the Kansases, and Gonzaga is very new to that. Like Chet Holmgren, Jalen Suggs, that, that was new. Like this is new for them. For Arizona, this is going to be every recruiting cycle, and I think that you have to be able to keep kids warm. And they may be behind the scenes. I don't know. But um, Tommy Lloyd has said a few times that what they like to do is offer two or three guys at a position and and really recruit the heck out of them. But 
Uh, that is very tough to do at an Arizona type of school because of the competition there and, and the fact that these kids tend to drag things out. I mean, you can't do that and have three uncommitted kids into May, for instance. And, you know, let's say like Arizona prioritized Hickman and Washington and whatever in a normal recruiting cycle, that would be very difficult to do. And so um, I'm not saying it's the wrong thing. Uh, it's an interesting and it's a unique strategy for schools at this level, because a lot of times you'll see a bunch of offers, you keep kids warm, and then you kind of move forward. But according to Lloyd, that's that's not what they're going to be doing. And, and I'm really curious to see how it works out at a school like Arizona, where you're competing, you know, let's be real, you're competing against different schools recruiting-wise than you were at Gonzaga for the most part. He's Jason Shear. And Jason, we appreciate you giving us some of your time, and uh, we'll be talking with you next week, my man. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Locked On Wildcats.